0: back to part two and i have a cabbage memory of a quiz that we left undone before we return to uh souk's dream pub which so far features carling stella magnus and peroni <laughs> uh, but robin take us off those oh so poetic tenterhooks please thanks john yeah this week
2: the pub quiz was about pharaoh and ball paint colors are they real or have i just made them up So number one was Cherry Ghost. Sook, what do you think that is? Do you think that's real? Have you come across that?
3: No, I said false to that one.
2: False for that one, John? I've said false. It is false. It is the name of a band, though, who named themselves after a Wilco lyric. So there we go, Cherry Mm. Ghost. Number two was Elephant's Breath.
1: True.
3: This is true.
2: True, John? I've gone true as well. It is true. It's Brownish (laughs) grey. Like an elephant's breath, of course. Haven't you ever seen an elephant's breath? Three, dead salmon.
3: (laughs) I've gone for false, just because it's a bit morbid, isn't it? You don't want to be... I don't think it would be a good seller if it was called dead salmon.
0: John? Uh, I've gone false because I don't think the sort of people who would use farrow and ball paint are the sort of people who would go, oh, you must try this colour, it's dead salmon. It is real. What? Dead salmon. Dead salmon.
2: It's brown with a hint of pink.
0: Well, uh, but is it maybe said in the sort of sense that a uh, Liverpudlian might say it? Oh, I dead love those salmon. walls. They're dead salmon No, dead salmon, very
2: real. Uh, number four, pale chamber. Sook, What do you think? True, John. I'm going to go false for pale chamber. It is fake. That's one of mine. There is a real one called pale hound. But pale chamber is made up.
3: That's a step too far. <laughs> yeah.
2: What about borrowed light, Sook?
3: Oh, please let that be true. That's so wonderful. I want, to, I want to write a poem called Borrowed Light. It is
0: a nice phrase. John? Well, it's certainly one of the colours streaming in through the moon underwater <laughs> this evening. I think borrowed light is false. Borrowed light is real. <gasps> it's a very light grey. Oh
2: great! <laughs> yeah, borrowed light—lovely phrase. Lovely phrase. Mouse, mouse's back.
3: I put false because I, d- I didn't think that people would want the kind of association of rodents when they were doing up their house. That's a very
2: good point, John.
0: I've gone false as well. Mouse's is back is real. Is it really? Is it it's another grey? It's brownish grey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do they do colours that aren't brownish grey? <laughs> they do.
2: Yeah. But the the brownish-grey ones tend to have the nicer names, I suppose, because they're harder to define. We've got two more. Oxford Stone. True. It sounds like it should be.
0: John? Uh, I think that's true, but I don't think you read that one out in the first half of the quiz. I did Oxford Stone, didn't I? Oh, I didn't hear Oxford Stone. I was too busy thinking about mouse returning. (laughs) (laughs) The return of the mouse. Oxford Stone. John, do you think that's real? Yeah, I think it's real.
2: It's fake. I made that one up, but it would ah. be a lovely colour, wouldn't it? it would I imagine be a lovely it being colour. golden buttery light kind of. Anyway, and cabbage memory.
3: I said true. Because it's absurd. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry, my laugh gives it away. I made I made it's, it up.
0: I think that's super false. It is
2: false. There is a cabbage white, I think, but cabbage memory is sadly not a real paint colour. So very well done. As ever, I've forgotten to add up the scores oh i I think I got five. Did you mark yourself suk
3: no, i didn't i I just I believe in just taking part and it's not about the winning and I'm only saying that because I've lost no, I
0: think <laughs> it's probably a five all actually yeah.
2: imagine that if I was quizmaster. It's all about taking part at the end of the day. See you next week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we return uh, to Sook's dream pub and In part one, we heard tales of weddings and parties with bottles of spirits on each table, like you get at really high-class sort of cabaret bars, and they're like 100 quid each. What two spirits are you taking with you into the correct realm?
3: Gin. Now, Bombay Sapphire I'm going to go for. Uh Uh-huh. Although, to be honest, I will drink any gin as long as it's not Gordon's, because Gordon's, to me, tastes like plain flour.
0: (laughs) What a good tasting note for Gordon's. That sounds is. like a Faro and Baller uh, color as
3: well. <laughs> um, because I think I I love gin and actually I was drinking it before it was popular. Um, what in the 16th century? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. When the water was terrible and that's all we drank. So yeah, so I, I I gin was kind of like I felt very grown up because I drank a lot of vodka. And then I think I might have had one too many kind of drunken nights out on vodka. And then I moved on to gin and then gin just became my thing. And I had a housemate at the time who was about 10 years older than me. And she always drank gin in the evenings and it just seemed very grown up. But now that I look back at it, it was just an older, very lonely lady drinking gin by herself. Probably not as sophisticated as I thought it once was. It
0: does have an air of sophistication. And also, I think gin is probably the spirit that you can justify drinking at most different times of day. Yes. It's sort of a bright afternoon drink. It's a one before dinner drink. It's a drink into the wee small hours.
3: Mm. And a lovely cocktail as well. I love a gin based cocktail.
0: Oh, yes. What are your faves?
3: I like a Bramble.
0: Yes, please gotta be
3: crushed ice it has to be has to be it just it's not the same otherwise
0: made so many disastrous brambles at home either with just ice cubes or trying to sort of smash them in a freezer bag it just doesn't work mm. so uh, what would be your second spirit choice because a good thing with spirits is they don't fill up your big bag of skin too much
3: uh, it, um i'm gonna go for tequila
0: nice popular choice down the moon underwater
3: yeah, yeah. So yeah, because I look. I remember going to clubs and stuff, and my friends going for you know like oh I'll have a B fifty two or a slippery nipple or you know or just a shot of Bailey's or Sambuca, white Sambuca, black Sambuca. And don't get me wrong, I've drunk them all. But when I found tequila, I thought oh this is lovely. I love the the burning. So you drink it, the burny feeling. I love the ritual. No, this is probably not how you're supposed to drink tequila. Is it the whole ritual of the licking your hand and the salt and the lemon? I, I'm not going to lie, boys. I find it a little erotic. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's a lot of... Uh, it sort of inv- involves other body parts.
3: Yeah, it's a bit like a mating ritual. Mm.
0: I don't like salt with a margarita, but I do have to say I do like salt with a tequila however the problem is whenever you have it at the sort of place that serves it with salt it's always like that really crap table salt yeah mm. whereas you want to get you want to get with some Maldons. malden yeah
3: that's quite chunky though john isn't it
0: yeah but you gotta you gotta you, you gotta do that and sort of what, what's the word Flate, sort of what how would you describe that action like salt bay where he pulls it down his arm
2: you want to do that
3: you want to break down the salt essentially don't you
2: Grind it
0: with your fingers. Yeah. Grind it. okay.
2: I mean, other drinks should have a ritual in, involving food and seasoning. You know, whenever you have a glass of wine, you should eat an apple and kind of have some paprika or something.
0: Yeah, when you have a beer, you should uh, lick a smear of bovril off your wrist. <laughs> yeah. And and then um, sort of s- slap a pasty on a bigger a pasty. Yeah, eat a grape.
3: <laughs> eat, eat a grape. Is anybody else's mouth watering?
0: Yeah. <laughs> mine, is t- mine definitely is. Uh, any particular brand of tequila?
3: No, I'm not fussy. By the time the tequila comes out, John, I generally don't, don't even know my own name. So I'm not really fussed about the brand name.
0: White or gold tequila?
3: Oh, I don't know. Whatever's. Uh, do you know what? You know, you said, oh, you know, you don't like the table salt. I love the table salt. It's even better when they give it to you in a sachet. A sachet of table salt, that's what I
2: want. Do you want your bottle of tequila with a little plastic hat on the top? or No, or that,
3: little... that, no, that's, no. that's too far. I don't want novelty with my tequila. Okay, sorry. I want Oblivion, Robin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> novelty versus Oblivion. It's
0: the age-old dilemma. Gin, Bombay Sapphire Gin and non-novelty tequila... Uh, But to expand our brains that little bit further, we now head over to the Moon Underwater Pub Library.
2: Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Thanks, John. This week in the Moon Underwater Pub Library, it's Iris Murdoch and her first novel, Under the Net. And this was published in 1954. And it's a comic novel which features one of the best descriptions of a London pub crawl ever written, as the main characters go off in search of a man called Hugo Bellfounder, who has left a note at his house which simply says, gone to the pub. And the the protagonists then end up on a pub crawl where they try to find him. But it really captures, I think it really captures very well how magical London is if you're a bit tipsy. Do you have that feeling of coming out of a pub in London into the dusk and looking at all the beautiful architecture? It's It's a great passage, so I'm going to go ahead and read it now, and and then I'll talk you through the pub crawl afterwards, because you can still do the pub crawl, sort of. Okay, here we go. The evening was by now well advanced. The darkness hung in the air, but spread out in a suspended powder which only made the vanishing colours more vivid. The zenith was a strong blue, the horizon a radiant amethyst. From the darkness and shade of St Paul's churchyard, we came into Cheapside, as into a bright arena, and saw framed in the gap of a ruin the pale, neat rectangles of St Nicholas Cole Abbey, standing alone away to the south of us, on the other side of Cannon Street. In between, the willow herb waved over what remained of streets. As we passed St Vedast, the top of the sky was vibrating into a later blue, and turning into what used to be Freeman's Court, we entered a Henneke's house.' I was beginning to think by now that it was unlikely that we should meet Hugo, but that we might as well complete the circle. As we went back across Cheapside and turned down Bow Lane, they were putting the streetlights on. Yellow light from swinging lamps in alleyways fell upon the white walls, revealing ancient names, and darkened the upper air toward night. We noticed a few stars which looked as if they'd been there a long time. We turned into the old tavern in Watling Street. This was just the sort of pub Hugo liked, but he was not therein. As we drank, I told the other two that we should visit the Skinner's Arms and then double back to Ludgate Circus. They had no objection. So long, Finn said, as we don't have to waste too much of the good time in walking. I pulled them out and we approached the Skinner's Arms. This pub stands at the junction of Cannon Street and Queen Victoria Street under the shadow of St. Mary, Aldermary. We rolled in. So, lovely passage there. Very descriptive of London in the 50s. And this is the complete pub crawl, okay? So they go to the Viaduct Tavern, which is still there. And they go to the Magpie and Stump, which is still there. And then they go to the George, which was demolished in 1990. And then they go to um, a place which she only describes as a Younger's House, which is used to be the name of a brewery. But I worked out that it's the... Ye Old London on Ludgate Hill, which is now a Green King. I had to do quite a lot of googling for this. Oh nice. <laughs> and then they um the Henneke's house she mentions, I that's a complete mystery. I don't know what pub that is. But then the old tavern on Watling Street, that's the Ye Old Watling, which is still there. The Skinner's Arms is unfortunately a shake shack now. Oh. but there is a, I found a photo of it in nineteen seventy one the Skinner's arms there and um but there is a pub the Sugarloaf very close by, so the Iris Murdoch pub crawl is
0: still very much doable superb in it goes to the moon underwater pub Library. What was the name of the book again Rob It's called under the net it's very good it's very very funny as well and and yeah, as I said, beautifully descriptive of a London gone by well i'm I'm really getting into Stella Gibbons who is a very London-centric writer, sort of 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. 70s, yeah. Um, but yet to come across a description of a pub, so I'll let you know when I do. Yes, please do. That is the library, but now to the words of the ear, e.g. music.
2: <laughs> music, uh, the words
0: of the ear. The words of the ear. Suck, there's a jukebox in the moon underwater and we ask every guest to add their dream pub album to it. You're walking in, you see the matching furniture, the dark woods, the creakiness, the commercial lagers. What do you want to hear?
3: I want to hear The Strokes and Is This It?
0: Oh, nice. God, I think I would c- cry. I'd cry myself to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Is this your
2: kind of university album or is this like sixth form kind of?
3: This is a uh, drama school again.
0: Yeah. Mm. What age, what age were you when this album came out? I
3: think it was around eighteen, maybe.
0: Yeah. What would I what would I have been, Rob? Twenty
2: two, twenty one? I came out my third year at uni, I think.
0: Two thousand and two?
2: Yeah, or maybe two thousand and
0: one. It was two thousand and one, I think. Yeah. It was the it was the soundtrack to the college bar and so much more. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. So uh Still a great album, still stands up. Yeah, it's so good.
3: That's why I chose it.
0: Do you remember when you first heard it?
3: Oh, I don't. It's one of those, you know, it's that time in your life where you're just surrounded by music. Like There's music everywhere. You're going out all the time. And I remember being surrounded by this album, The Strokes, this is it, The White Stripes, um, and The Libertines. And I don't know if they, I'm guessing they were all early, what, early 2000s?
2: Yeah, yeah, around 2000, 2001,
3: yeah. Yeah, and I just remember, just th- this is this is all I listened to, and I remember the um, the album cover. It's a naked lady, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the naked lady's bottom.
2: It's actually John's bottom. That, that it's actually cover. my bottom. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I think the best track is the opening track. Is this it? Sue me. Nice bass line. Oh God, Rob! I could just be there again, but I can't, and I'm so I should get over it.
2: DJing in the college bar, and like press, you know, your finger hovering over play to press last night, and thinking, you know, things are gonna kick off when I press this button. Yeah, like having so much power in that finger. Hey Mark, what is up with your bad self? Well, hey Simon, what is up with your bad self? Well, as it turns out, lots is up. Like, actually what? Like a whole new podcast. They thought we were going away, but we're back. Bigger and betterer and larger and more is more. And it's going to have reviews of... Big films, small films, weird films, new films. And... And television. Kermit and Mayo's Take. Follow now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss.
1: That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: Goodness me. Well, superb choice, Sook. That is mean, just, just a great, great pub album. Uh, we come to your final choice. Uh, just to remind everyone, so far you have Carling, Stella, magnus peroni bombay (laughs) sapphire and tequila it's a hell of a night it's a hell of a night it is uh what's your wild card choice please
3: um martini asti
0: oh tell you who likes martini asti john richardson yeah absolutely loves martini asti i like martini asti
3: I think I prefer it to Prosecco, which is supposed to be my drink of choice as a woman in her 30s.
0: <laughs> 100 million percent. It's it's a slightly more sophisticated version of sort of Lambrusco or Lambrini. It's in that world. Yeah. But it's like a sweet... It's like how basically you, you thought champagne tasted when you were a kid. Is it a wine or is it like... Because Lambrini's a peri, isn't it?
3: It's a sparkling wine, isn't it?
0: Is it a wine? I'm just going to look it up in my mind. I'm sure it is. It is. Uh, it doesn't have its own page in my mind, which is uh, frustrating. Uh, a sweet sparkling wine. Oh, yes. Uh, obviously pretty cold, yeah?
3: Yes. Ice cold.
0: I'd love to share. I'd love to have the the courage to ask to share a bottle of Martini Asti in, for example, a pizza restaurant or a bar, or even a pub, maybe?
3: i have never ordered it. I only I only had it a few months ago for the very first time. My boyfriend picked it up in a supermarket, and he said, we were on holiday. It was our first holiday away. And we went to Western Supermare, because we're classy. <laughs> and um, I said, oh, I'll have a Prosecco. I'll have a bottle of Prosecco. And he went for this, and I said, what on earth is that? Never had that in my life. Um, and when I tried a bit of it, I actually drank his whole bottle of my <laughs> geniasty, and he had to drink my prosecco because i was like i'm not going back to prosecco after that that's incredible and then as a result i was so relaxed that was the that that night don't worry i will keep it pg that night was the first time that i have ever um ever released gas in front of a boy so there you uh, go to so happy memories it's
0: a big it's a big stage uh, yeah, it's a big threshold to get over, isn't it, There, it, is. yeah. it is. Some people never get over it, ever. I know people who have been married 15 years. Mad, isn't it? Mad, isn't it? Um, also, it's only 7.5%. So if you compare that to a Prosecco that's 12%, you... Well, it's a lot less, isn't it? It is a lot less. Mm. It's 40% less off the top of the old dome. Um, great choice. You're barred. Now, Sook, in everyone's dream pub, they rule, either with an iron fist or a velvet glove, it's up to them, but rule nonetheless, uh, they do. So what thing would you like to bar from your establishment?
3: Um, I'd like to uh, ban people from talking too loudly. Love it. Because I also find that sometimes it's groups and sometimes it's just two very annoying friends. But I find that... Really loud people rarely have anything interesting to say. Mm. So I wouldn't mind if it was like some really salacious gossip, but it's generally something banal, isn't it? Like if someone's
0: shouting, you sort of know that's going to end because they're they're peaking. Mm. If someone's level is just at eight forever,
3: it's horrible. Yeah, it's awful. It just goes through me. So I'm going to ban that.
0: So there was already very little noise in your pub, as you stipulated, but now even less noise. Uh, Okay, so here's my question, because you also said you didn't want to sit too close to other people. Mm -hmm. If there's no noise and people aren't talking very loudly, how do you avoid people hearing what you're saying? Yes.
3: There'll be a nice, I'd like to think there'll be a nice hum, like a nice buzz of noise. We've also got the strokes playing. Yes. You know, so there's that, not too loudly. No, I was,
2: I was at a restaurant with my girlfriend a couple of years ago, and it was this thing of being th- a couple were sat very close to us. And I could, at one point, I could hear them talk about us. We're, we're, you know, like, it might only have been something like, oh, they've had this or they've had that. And I thought it was really unfair because we were talking about them, but we, we, we had the, you know, we were, using, we were using code, which I think was a lot more polite
0: you know the big idiot on the next table yeah, is exactly. being a, a stinks of ass yeah 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 exactly yeah. and they wouldn't have known what you were talking no. about no. <laughs> hurry
2: up please it's
0: time Sook, before you leave us and take this pub with you for whenever you need it the swain uh what are you going to call it please
3: you're going to call it the, the ye oldy grumpy bastard.
0: Ah, oh, I love it. Ye oldy, grumpy a bastard. And then people will get a sense that it's not the place to go and chat too loud.
3: Exactly. And then hopefully that will, you'll avoid having big groups of people coming in and being very loud. And hopefully that means that nobody under the age of 35 will, will come in. Also means that we don't have to serve fancy food. So, you know, the overheads will be very low. Oh, what sort of
0: food are we talking?
3: Um, I want frozen onion rings, not the homemade ones, not beer battered, not fancy ones like the frozen ones you get from Iceland. I want everything to be beige and served in a little basket.
0: Do you want them served frozen?
3: No, not Sarah.
0: like a sort of savoury uh, lollipop.
3: <laughs> you could just heat them over the fire. Um, no, uh, no, I want I want beige food. I don't want burgers. I just want finger food. You know, just chips and like chicken wings and stuff like that. I don't want big meals.
0: I went to a sort of a, a celebration at a golf club.
3: Yeah, it's, it's not a taste destination.
0: No, it it, it, on, it clearly only had a deep fat fryer. So every single thing <laughs> that was available was f- in breadcrumbs. So you had like scampi, nuggets, onion rings, um, halloumi bites. I have to say, uh, after a while, you can just sort of feel the oil just pouring out of your skin. But it was very delicious.
3: Well, oh, that's what the, the martini-asti is for. Wash it all
0: down. Good point. Like a sort of um, detergent to break up the oil. And that's what any trip to the pub should really be.
3: <laughs> well, we
0: thank you so much for your time, Suck. Before you leave the moon underwater to return to the other realm, we need to play you out with your chosen track from The Strokes' Is This It.
3: Yes. I want to go for Is This It. Oh, great. Oh, it's the cool. best song. Endless nice.
0: Swag. Lovely stuff. We're going to strut away to that baseline, and do you have a tour that's being completed? Do you not, or have you completed your tour?
3: I have completed my tour. Yes, I have, and I've also written a book. Oh, tell us about your book, please. And the book is called Sunny, um, available from all good bookshops. And Sunny, like me, is a fan of pubs over bars, so you'll get some you'll get some good uh, descriptions there. And she favours a white wine spritzer.
0: Uh, with soda water or lemonade,
3: please. Lemonade. She's not a psycho. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank you.
0: Superb. That's sunny by Suck Odgler. Do check it out at all good bookstores and a few terrible ones. Um, that's the thing people say. Uh, so to play you out and to thank you for spending this time with us, we have "Is This It" by The Strokes.